ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وسلم تسليما كثيرا اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَانِ So in this ayah, in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the virtues of the people of patience. So this is not someone who is patient once or twice. Uh, these are the people who deserve the label of sabirun. So those are people who practice. They, they practice patience on a regular basis until it became a trait, a habit. So they, they practice the habit of, of patience. And they are called sabir or sabirun in plural. So he said to those people, there's going to be a reward on the Day of Judgment without any reckoning. Because we know on the Day of Judgment there's going to be questioning. Every one of us will be questioned by Allah. But only the people of patience, the patient ones, will be exempted. They will be excused from this interrogation. And they'll be able to go to Jannah directly without any reckoning. The Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith, uh, and this hadith also talks about the virtues of sabr in Arabic, patience in English. He told us, وَمَا أُعْطِيَ أَحَدٌ عَطَاءً خَيْرًا وَأَوْسَعَ مِنَ الصَّبْرِ There's no one who is given equality, a gift in fact, عَطَاء, that is better and wider than the gift of patience. So the Prophet ﷺ called it a gift, the fact that you have patience. Not only that, he said, this is the best gift you could ever have. And this is something no one can take from you, because once you have it, once you grow it, it becomes part of you. It's not one of those presents we get externally that we can lose any minute. Now, the, the question is, if patience is this much virtuous, if patience is so important and so great, it allows you to go to Jannah without any reckoning. And it's the best gift that you can ever have, as the Prophet ﷺ told us. Now, the begging question is, how come we do not have it? And how come it is so hard to acquire it? And why people, in fact, people kind of don't like it. They don't like patience. They, they think patience is some kind of, uh, it has a bitter taste. It's some kind of a, 
a, a chore, it's something hard, and, and they want to run away from it. We usually associate patients with waiting long hours and uh, having to go through a lot of pain and so forth. And hence, we don't try even to uh, grow patients and to practice it. Now, I think one reason, and one possible answer, is that maybe we don't understand what patience is about. Maybe we have not understood the components of patience, because patience is made out of different components. And maybe if we look into those, that will help us uh, practice patience. And maybe we start to like it. So one possible definition of patience is the capacity, it is a capacity to accept and tolerate delay and pain. Um, I mean, these are the two major challenges in life. How to deal with delay. We don't like delay. We don't like to wait on lines, uh, especially nowadays, because we have this instant gratification. We want to satisfy this gratification on a regular basis. So we don't like delay. And we get bored waiting. So boredom is another product. And the other part is pain. How do we tolerate pain and suffering? So patience is the capacity to accept and tolerate delay and pain without getting upset or angry. Because if you get upset or angry, you're not really patient. So it is basically synonymous with self-restraint, uh, endurance, mental toughness, some people call it. I like the definition that is given by Muslim scholars. They say, تعريف الصبر هو حبس النفس عن الجزع It is to be able to refrain and keep yourself and stop yourself from going into panic, from panicking. So that is one definition of, of patience. Just that, to be able, and, and patience revolves around habs, which is to be able to control something, to refrain something, and not to let it loose all over the place, to have some form of restraint and control. Now, this is no easy task. Easy to say, right? Like you can tell somebody don't panic, but you know it's not easy. And everybody has a different button for panic, right? What might cause my, what might cause my panic may not cause your panic, and vice versa. Now we know by definition, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala told us, "Inna al-insana khuliqa halua," that the human being is created in a state of anxiety, halua. And on top of that, And when you are touched by hardship or, or evil in general, any kind of uh, hardship or evil, then you go into a state of panic, jaza. So you could say we have two levels, hala and jaza. None of them is fun. One of them is this anxiety, and the other one is panic. So he said, we are created in a state of anxiety, and then to top it off, when we have a, a, a challenge, a difficulty, a hardship, we go into the next level of panic. 
So by nature, by definition, we are made like that. So it's okay. First of first and foremost, if you feel it, it's fine because it's part of our nature. But second, there's also some some solutions. So one of them is this attempt to slow down a little bit. Because sometimes what happens in in this you know thing we call life and the fact that we have so much pressure and stress from every possible direction. We're gonna need to slow it down a little bit. That's one thing we can do. Insert some delay in your in your life. And sometimes it's a mental delay. You don't have to stop physically. But refraining and practicing to refrain from going into panic mode. Even if you were to slow down and breathe calmly. Try and slow down your breath. So part of it is teaching ourselves to slow down, insert delays, control ourselves, our breathing. But the other part, as the definition says, وَحَبْسُ اللِّسَانَ عَنِ التَّشَكِّي So there's another element, which is reinforcing our panic, which is what we utter. And we have to pay attention to what we say. Because a lot of times what we say reinforces our panic. If you keep saying, I'm scared of this, and you keep talking, to, and everybody you meet, you keep telling them, I am really scared of this. All you're doing is you're, you're reinforcing that circuit in your brain that causes a panic. So the scholars have said, You stop your tongue from complaining too much. And, and nowadays we complain about everything. We cannot take any amount of insult or hurt or, or, or attack. Uh, we, we're not able to um, you know, have control over our emotions. And you don't find that in older generations. We, we are extra sensitive to many different things. And one of them could be because we are so accustomed to comfort. This comfort, by the way, is not something that uh, humanity enjoyed for a long time. So it's part of the definition that you stop your tongue from complaining all the time. Because the more you complain, you are reinforcing that circuitry in your brain. Another aspect, another part of patience is to welcome obstacles. Because when you welcome obstacles, you start building resistance. And that's very well known. Many, many books written about that. The problem is when we lose patience is that when we run away, we flight from the obstacle. Even if it is a small one. And we see it in our kids a lot. They're not willing to take any, like, anything that is hard. We're always seeking the easy route. We're always trying to take a shortcut. Or a workaround, we call it. And the other aspect is to be able to push past the pain point. That's not, I mean, none of this is easy. But it's really rewarding 
when we start implementing it. There's a verse in the Quran that talks about this concept. And it says, إِن تَكُونُوا تَأْلَمُونَ فَإِنَّهُمْ يَأْلَمُونَ كَمَا تَأْلَمُونَ And I'm sure we read this verse many times and we've passed it. It says, if, they are, if you are feeling pain, then realize that they are feeling pain just like you are feeling pain. Isn't that the main reason why we quit? So here in this ayah, it tells us, it tells us if you're able to outlast your opponent, this is the definition of success. This is the definition of victory. You're not the only one hurting. You're not the only one in pain. Just keep it in mind that the other side is hurting as well. And it's all about who can outlast who. It is also about delaying the expression of pain. Because once you say it, you're basically thrown the towel. There's a beautiful story from our tradition. It happened in one of the battles. It might have been Qadisiyah. It was a tough battle. And the Muslims were outnumbered. And every day, they go to the battle. It's a fight all day, non-stop. Exhausting, very hard. At the end of the day, both armies go back. It's even, no one's won. They come back the next day. Same thing, it's a battle all day. Everybody departs, exhausted. Third day, same thing. And then the leader, Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, told them, the next day, you're gonna go into battle. And just the time when the enemy is ready to retire, to go back to camp, this is when you attack. Now I don't care how exhausted you are, how tired you are, how wounded you are, this is a time of victory. And sure enough, same thing happened. All day, an engaging battle. Lots of courage, lots of fighting. At the end of the day, the enemy was ready to retire. And you know psychologically, you're ready. if you're ready to sleep, if you're ready to take a break, you cannot work one single minute after that. Because that's it, you changed your mindset. Now it's time to go back and sit down or sleep or, or, or have a rest. And at that minute, the Muslims charged. And victory happened almost right away. Now I'm sure we face situations like that in our daily life. And it doesn't have to be a battle like physically speaking. We have lots of mental battles. So it is important to keep that in mind that you push past the pain point and you outlast your foe, your opponent, as much as possible. So that's one element of patience. The Prophet told us in a hadith, he said, that patience is light. And it's not only light, it is a source of light. Because diyat means a shining light, a source of light. When you have patience, when we practice patience properly, it will brighten our day. It will lighten up our path. 
So patience is not just something we have to deal with, we have to endure, we have to... It's not a burden. If we do it properly, you're going to see light in your life. It will make it much, much better. Imam Ali radiallahu anhu used to say, As-sabru, as-sabru min al-iman ra'si min al-jasad. He said, he said, patience to faith is like the head to the body. Now, we cannot imagine a body, a functioning body, without a head. So then he raised his voice and he said, He said, indeed, there is no faith, there is no belief, no iman to the one who does not have patience. So just like you cannot survive without a head, your faith cannot be true without patience. I mean, you listen to some people who might have left faith. Talk to some atheist, atheists, for example. One of the reasons people left faith is because they were not able, and I'm not blaming anyone necessarily, sometimes it happens. But because they focus so much on the problem of suffering, and it's one of the hardest problems in theology. The fact that we see so much suffering around us, the fact that we see so much pain, especially when it's inflicted on innocent people, especially children, and people will start questioning the wisdom of God, or the mercy of God, and so on. So no doubt the problem of suffering has been around for a long time, and it is a problem in every religion, and every philosophy. But here, at least Islam offers one of the important solutions, which is patience. Patience is one of the solutions to pain and suffering. Now, it's not going to necessarily reduce pain, but it will make you stronger. And that is what is important. You've got to realize that you can turn suffering, you can turn obstacles into opportunities. And will make you stronger as an individual, as a character. And that, I believe, is the essence of the statement of Imam Ali radiallahu anhu. Why is patience? Because you think about it, patience and belief, they're not necessarily related on the surface. But you think about it, if you're able to develop patience, now the same hardship is no longer a reason to question Qadr, for example, to question the decree. But rather you say, this is an opportunity. It's a munha, it's an offering. So I can get better. I can get stronger. And I can make something good out of it. If you're able to have this patience, then no doubt it will strengthen your iman instead of weakening your iman. It's a beautiful statement if you think about it. I want to share with you another statement by another great companion of the Prophet and he is Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar 
Umar once said, he said, وَجَدْنَا خَيْرَ عَيْشِنَا بِالصَّبْرِ Again, such a beautiful statement. He said, we have found through experience, through life, that the best way to live, the best lifestyle, is through patience. So one thing you notice here is that he's talking from experience. He's not lecturing. One of the problems we have today in Islamic education, Islamic da'wah, is the fact that it has turned into a sermon, into a lecture. The way we recognize the scholars by how much they memorize. Oh, mashallah, he could quote this scholar and that scholar and this hadith and that hadith. So we kind of measure and gauge someone's knowledge by how much they memorize, how much they can perform. It's like a performance. Like we have public speakers now. They're celebrities. When it came to the companions, knowledge was practice. It was something they learned through experience. Umar is not telling you about a philosophy, about a theory he has. Rather, he's telling you, we went through this, we practiced it, and this is what we found, this is a result, this is a result of our experiment. Wajatna. Like we, you can try different lifestyles if you like, but this is one definite way of living a good life, he said. We have found that the best way to live, the best lifestyle, is through patience. And again, you think about it. No one is exempt from obstacles. Every one of us. We know life is full of hardship and suffering and pain. Some people might see it more than others. And just look around you. I mean, it doesn't have to be you specifically in this moment. Everyone must have a relative who is sick or in the hospital or going through some tough time financially, physically, in the family, uh, you know, in, 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 in their work and so on. So life is not easy. And basically, there are different ways of approaching life. You either can say, well, I'm going to try and avoid of it as much as possible. I'm going to try and avoid pain as much as possible. Maybe I can delay it if I could. That's one possible way to deal with it. You can take painkillers. Some people commit suicide. They cannot take it at all. So they choose to check out. But he said the best approach is to have patience. Take it one bit at a time. If you cannot handle too much, if you cannot handle a year, handle, try and handle a week, if you cannot try and focus on the day or the hour, people in pain, they cannot handle a week at a time. They have just to focus on the hour or maybe the minute. But patience is the way to go. So inshallah, before I leave, I mean, this is something that might take long to, uh, you know, give it justice. But inshallah, in the last few minutes, I want to maybe summarize some of the elements of patience. So as we said, patience is different things. It's not one thing. It's not this big paradigm or this big concept that we cannot understand. You can actually break it down to uh, easy steps. Not easy necessarily, but into simple steps, I should say. Simple but not easy. So that way we could maybe figure out how we can apply it. Number one is about reducing the rush. Try and insert delays in your daily life. Sometimes because we rushed so much, 
We're trying to multitask and do many things at once. We go into panic mode. So patience is about trying and reducing that rush, that panic, and, and breathe normally if you can. Because it seems now we've lost this, you know, simple uh, feature. Try and slow down. Control yourself if you can. Number two, delay gratification. We live in the age of instantaneous gratification. We want to see it now and right now. Anything we can imagine, now we can just get it on YouTube or, or get it on Amazon. We can no longer wait. I mean, a week is way too, too much to wait for a product or a merchandise. Number three, try and outlast your foe, whoever it is. It doesn't have to be a person even. This is how victory is defined. The Prophet told us, Again, another reminder from the Prophet that victory comes with patience. They come hand in hand. You cannot separate the two. You cannot have victory without patience. And number, number four, welcome obstacles. And again, easier said than done. But at least don't have this uh, flight response when there is an obstacle. And again, you don't have to start with a major one, but even the minor ones you could use to practice. So you welcome obstacles as opportunities as a way to build your resistance. And this is something we definitely have to teach our kids as well. Because it seems that some of them have totally lost patience. And we spoil them. We think this is good for them. By giving them what they ask immediately. And they're not a, a father or a mother say no sometimes. And all hell breaks loose. Who's in charge? And again, you can do it very nicely. This is good for them. That's the point. It's good for them. You're not depriving them from anything. You're building their character. It's much better than having a toy. Give them the gift of patience and character. That is the true gift, as the Prophet ﷺ said. But nowadays, unfortunately, we have a lot of concepts reversed all the way, like totally reversed. If I say gift now, in everybody's mind, they're going to think of a particular toy. They would not think of a trait or a character. We don't think about building someone's character as the greatest gift we can give to them. We're only thinking of material things. And it doesn't matter if you're Muslim or not Muslim. Just because you say you're Muslim. Many of us are so materialistic. And again, Islam has nothing against money. You can earn your money. It's all in here. It's what you make of money, what you think about money, and how much importance you give it over people, over others. That is materialism. If it occupies your heart, and if that's all you care about, that is materialism. So let us, let us watch and, and, and be careful. What we are offering to ourselves and our uh, Children, the next generation. This is the best gift we can give, as the Prophet said. <laughs>
ولا مريضا إلا شفيته ولا عدوا لا هزمته فسنته ولا حاجة فيها لترضى ولا نفيها صلاح إلا قضيتها لنا ويسرتها لنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم اللهم ربنا أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه اللهم ربنا علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا يا ربنا علما نعوذ بالله من حال أهل النار إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وأقم الصلاة Allahu Akbar, 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 Allahu Akbar,